From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 260, and today I'm joined by my son Ephraim, as well as actress Jessica Greco. You know Jessica from series like Private Eyes and Tiny Pretty Things. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Raising Arizona. I'm Jeremy, and I've seen this film quite a few times, but not for at least 10 years or more. Uh, Joining me is... Ephraim. And Ephraim is my son. And you have not seen the film? (laughs) No. That was an awkward, weird thing to do. I'm sorry. People know that. You know this. I am Ephraim. Maybe this is the first time. You have to assume... My given name is Ephraim. Yeah, your given... What is your not given name? Ephraim. There we go. Great story. Also joining us. Hi, uh, Jessica Greco. Here. Returning after a long hiatus from I know, podcast. I'm back. I'm back. It's been too long. I know. And you have not seen the film. I have not seen the film. I've seen the cover art. Oh well. And I've seen. Uh, uh, I believe I've seen perhaps a clip or, a, or or like a like a not even a whole trailer, just like one of those things that like Netflix will show you. As yeah, 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 yeah. So I know who the stars are in the movie. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that's and that's all you know. I have a guess about the title of the movie. The movie okay. Being raising Arizona, Let's I assume that Arizona is a, the there's a baby. Okay. That, that I've seen on the cover. Yes. And I'm gonna guess that that baby's name is Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> that's you told me that. Okay. We were good. gonna watch it once, Whew. and then I said no. Yeah, it got vetoed. Well, my wife. Here's the thing, because based on the advertising campaign, I think they the studio did at the time for this mm-hmm. movie, it made my mother-in-law take my wife when they were she was very young to go see it, because like, it's a movie about a family and a baby. It, but it's, it's directed by the Coens, so it's weird and wonky. It's directed by the Coens? Oh, there you go. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's oh, the Coen no, brothers. Oh, no, I didn't know that. It's the Coen brothers. Me neither. I didn't know that either. Oh, well, that doesn't really ruin much. I'm sure we see that in the credits. Yeah, you'll figure that out pretty quickly when you watch the first minute. Yeah. Um, For me, it just looked like a a real Nick Cage, Holly Hunter romp. Yeah. I'm into that. It's their second film they made, and it's funny because it followed Blood Simple, which is... Like a th- like a thriller audience, you can't see our faces, but me and Ephraim just made like that doesn't title doesn't mean anything. Faces anyway, to it's, us. but it's a very different kind of movie. So for them to follow that up with this, it's just them showing their hand of all like the weird different genres they play. Is this in. a comedy? If you laugh, isn't that the rule? I I can't tell you it's a comedy until you watch it yourself. Is it is it like billed and marketed as a comedy? Yes. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That. No, well, it was. at the time it was, for sure. But it disturbed your mom, your wife, to no end. Uh, no, well, it just, Emily, I think they, Emily and, and my mother-in-law, Dale, saw it under 
a very clever marketing strategy that didn't quite advertise the movie they were about to see. Okay. Um, so, and we'll, we'll come back to that after we watch and see if, it, because I, I don't even know what the trailer was. Maybe it's on the, on the Blu-ray we can watch the trailer after. Okay. And, and get a sense of like how they would have marketed it then, because I'm curious. Uh, and, and the wonderful Patrick Haggerty was going to join us tonight, but he had to, to bail because his, uh, he had to give his wife uh, a fertility shot. And I, I said, you can do it here. It'd be like the ideal movie to do it during. But he uh, didn't find okay, that so let's all amusing. Just, everyone who's listening, let's all just take a moment to think nice thoughts for Patrick and his wife. Because obviously they're on a journey. Yeah. You know, and they well, you don't miss those all shots. the nice thoughts they could take. Yeah. We're lucky we never had to, to go that route. But I know people that have. And I know that it's like, you don't miss no, that man. shot. There's, no. a, there's a very small window every night you have to do it in. Yeah. Life finds a way. Yeah. Right. Um, should we prepare Ephraim for the kind of movie watcher that I am? Yes, please. I like I like you explaining to him while we're recording. Uh, so I am what is known as a, like an active movie watcher. I I I, I often talk back to the screen. Oh. I I get scared. Uh, I, I encourage people on yep, the screen. That's like me. Okay, good. Okay, good. She so, gets she gets she, she gets mad at the movie. I get mad at the movie <laughs> and its choices. Um, so yeah, I hope that, I hope that that doesn't disturb you. You never have to wonder how Jessica's feeling during no. a movie. You never have to wonder how I'm feeling in life. I'll just straight up tell you. You should look over to people if they're laughing so I can laugh, <laughs> but then I'm just going to have to hear it. You're allowed to, you're allowed to laugh on your own, you know. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, well, I give you permission to do all kinds of weird stuff, um, cause I will. You can let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Even has yeah. been enjoying um, whenever we watch a movie in the podcast that is supposed to be a bad movie. Yeah. And like the revel of being able to like kind of mystery science theater Miami. movie while you're doing it. Oh, Which one? Miami Connection. Oh, yeah. we did. I want to see Miami Connection because I hear it's terrible. <laughs> oh, you can watch it for free on YouTube. Okay. I'll put and that on the list. And then I'll listen to your podcast about it. Yeah. You guys we, did one together. We did it with Paul Lee. Oh, excellent. And it's so... It was He already seen it and wanted to do it for the podcast because I think he just wanted to watch. I don't know. Here's the thing. I get watching it one time for fun. Watching it a second time, that baffles me. I'd watch it a second time with my friends. That's just it. Okay, but so here's the question. The podcast is about black hole films that sort of... It started as like classic films that everyone should watch. Yeah. And has it. <laughs> Have we devolved into, like, movies that are not necessarily classic films, but cult films? It was never... Yeah, it was... The the guy was never... It had to be classic films. It just had to be a film that you've always wanted to watch, but haven't gotten around to. Okay, all right. So, you know... That's why I've been such an ideal guest. I've never seen any films. I have a question. Yeah. Did we want to watch Cats? Or did we have to watch Cats? Oh, I had to watch Cats. Oh, I see. Just to know. Okay. Again, that's a good example of going, I want to watch this movie... Out of curiosity, yes. but I got to do it with a group. Yeah. I was never going to get that through a movie on my own. I, I, guys, confession, just between us in this room, uh, I have not <laughs> seen Cats, but I have a friend who's in Cats, and I told her that I did see it because I, <sighs> because I couldn't bring myself to watch it and hate it, so I just said I watched it, but I haven't watched it yet. Who's, who's the friend? It's okay. It's fine. Oh, a cat. She's a cat in the movie. <laughs> she's one of the cats. She's a jellical cat. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, shall we dive in? Yes, please. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we just finished. And? Oh. 
I don't make me go first. <laughs> you from? Uh, I don't know what to say. Do uh, we like it? Do you like it? Oh, don't make you. You're allowed to decide on your own. I think I liked it. I think I really liked it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I really liked it. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. It's totally bonkers. But it's knowingly bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it's intentionally bonkers. Um, I, I have, I, I found it unsettling and boring. Oh, yeah. This, the, there's a, be- so, okay. So the story is a love story. The story is about a man and a woman who fall in love and want to have a baby and can't have a baby. So they steal one. So they steal a baby. From people who... And he's a former criminal. She's a former police officer. Yeah, that whole meet-cute is really sweet, but weird as hell. Also, like, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. The one that I found the most was that she was using, like, photography from, like, the turn of the century to take his mugshot. Well, it would have been the early 80s. I don't know if that's... Who knows what they would have used. Yeah, but but they weren't using, like, proper... They were using, like, some weird... You need, like, a flash and a... I think they were going for style. Yeah. And he just, like, hits on her once and then comes back and... As, obviously, it's not a three-strikes-you're-out rule. But he's, like, a re- he re-offends. Three and, times, yeah. And she's crying because her fiancé left her. And then the third time he comes back, he's just like, I'm going to marry you. And she's like, <laughs> deal. Sounds good. I'm single and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. yeah. So and then they find out that they can't have a baby, and she's real sad about that. So then they see you go the in there and get me a baby, huh? <laughs> Holly Hunter's amazing in this movie. Holly Hunter always is amazing, and truly, I just never see enough Holly Hunter yeah. in general in anything. But they steal a toddler from yeah. people who have five who had quins. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, well, you won't miss that baby because you have four others to keep yourself busy. Well, with. there's a headline in the uh, in the newspaper they read that says more than we can handle. So they take that. Uh, they take. I think they use that as their justification for going. Well, they have more than they can handle. Right. I, keep on right. Doing, I can't stop myself from doing the accent. That's fine. That's it's so fine. much fun. I'm sure the audience loves it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then they steal the baby and then slowly realize that they maybe are not cut out to be parents. Huh. I wouldn't... Yeah, so very slowly. Not until the very last bit. Right. And then it's just a free-for-all as different people are trying to get this baby. Yeah, then everybody wants the baby. Yeah. Like, criminals who've broken out of jail want the baby. That scene when John Goodman and the other guy... Emerge from the... I think it's meant to be like a birth canal kind of like entrance for them. That's how I always saw it. Okay, Is It's a weird... Like, they're, they're being born out of the... Mud and filth. I like it, sure, and and sewage. That's, that's all I can think of is for that for them to like make that the choice for how they escape is through this like <laughs> what looks like they're being born. <laughs> but then it's like it's the wor- it's the stupidest escape ever because he's screaming the whole time. Like thank God there's a rainstorm going on because they would hear him. Well, I don't understand how <coughs> they didn't drown because. John Goodman emerges headfirst out of the muck. It's not that kind of movie. And then he reaches back down into the muck and pulls by one leg his his brother out. Uh, Just like some babies are born feet first. Yeah. He was breached, that one. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. So then they go to their friend's house, because they know where he lives. Yeah. Um, and demand to hang out there. 
I guess, take a shower and eat M&M's that were black, orange, yellow, and green. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, there was like a bowl of M&M's that they started eating, and they but, were the most disgusting <laughs> colors of M&M's. But that was, that's what, people had those, I remember that, like, I remember bowls of candy in, when it I was a kid. It wasn't the bowls of candy, it was the color combination of the, of the candy that I found upsetting, oh. but I figured it out because later when they were eating cereal in the most gross, disgusting way, <laughs> on the back of the cereal box it said free M&M's inside and it had like that color palette, so they were free M&M's, because I was like, who, who pulled but, the like red and blues out? Who was like... Oh, that's funny. Um, and the sugar bowl, I remember that too, like as a kid, it's like you'd eat like... A bland cereal, and you'd sprinkle white sugar on top. Also, I remember being a smoker and smoking while eating, which which John Goodman did through that cereal scene, which was very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, But I remember doing that as a smoker. So gross. So gross. So gross. So, okay, so... Jessica's still doing her recap. I'm just, well, I'm just trying to make sure I you're, you're missing it. the guy with the, you're, oh the, the bounty God, hunter. Oh my God, the bounty hunter who, who Nicolas Cage's character dreamt about and then became a real person. And I swear to God, this man had like hides, like human hair and hides, like hanging off his motorcycle. They're called trophies. On his shoulder pads, <laughs> on his like chaps, on his boots. Like it was like he had skinned things and then worn them. Yeah, they're trophies. And he had like a skull around his neck. I never noticed the skull necklace. He did. It wasn't even. It was like a. It was like the size. It was like a like a a sizable skull, like the skull of a like a big bird or a mammal. Okay. Yeah, and he was wearing as a necklace, and he had he had shotgun shells. Yep. And he had grenades. Grenades. Yeah. Which was his undoing in the end. Yeah, it was his undoing. Yeah, was his undoing. <laughs> also, maybe just his hubris in being that like, a minion from hell. Yeah. I don't know. Like we never. He was just a bounty hunter. Sure. Yeah. Who just yeah. That got was very dirty. And then figured out where this baby was based on nothing. Well, you you got to catch a criminal. You got to hire a criminal. Right, but he was a tracker. But I don't know how. Did you go to sleep? Did we lose you from? Okay. Did you? <laughs> but like, I don't understand how he tracked a baby. Yeah, it's not that kind of movie again. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he he comes out of his dream. Because he sells babies on the black market. Yes, no. he sells babies on the black market. He threatens to sell the baby on the black market if he, he said doesn't. He's done it before. Yeah. Also, like you that's don't the just, market price. Well, I'm, I mean, I don't. It's not some, a market you break into. Like you're either in the selling babies market or you're not. Yeah. It's not like a dabble. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He doesn't look like a dabbler to me. No. They should have went on the black market and bought a baby. Oh, interesting. I feel like they, they couldn't afford it. Also, that's a terrible suggestion. Well, it doesn't... It, I mean, they bring it up at one point that the terrible guy, his foreman that he beats up, mentions that uh, there's a, a black baby with his heart on the outside. Yeah, and yeah. How to adopt. Uh, because his semen doesn't work. And they have, like, five children, but they're not cuddly anymore. And his wife wants more, and there's something wrong with his sperm. Frances McDormand is great in her one little scene. She is. She's always, again, she's always great. And who is the guy that's playing her husband? I can't remember his name, but he's done a million things. Yeah, I've seen him a million times. I thought he actually did a great job being properly disgusting. Um, The idea that he beat him up, though, I take umbrage with. He just hit him, and then he ran full tilt into a cactus and broke his own nose. He's a bit of a a coward, that man. I mean... 
I love how far away he is when he lands. It's like Nicolas Cage knocked him 20 feet. It's true. It's true. He, like, Marvel character punched him, and he went flying backwards. Also, did we establish why Nicolas Cage, cha- like, had boat shoes and flip-flops on and changed them? I feel like there's a scene missing. Okay. On their, like, walkabout? Yeah, who knows? I mean, the whole thing, I think, is meant, is designed to be, like, a cartoon. You know? Interesting. Down to, like, you look at the the Woody Woodpecker. Well, even, like, his character's hair is Woody Woodpecker. It, okay, so let's talk about the Woody Woodpecker And the Woodpecker way he's thing. running. So he has a Woody Woodpecker tattoo, and the weird bounty hunter also has the same tattoo on his chest. That doesn't track. Which but. is just, like, a moment that they have together of, like, oh, you have a tattoo well, on like, your Well, I mean, I guess in theory, if he didn't conjure him out of his dream, he's part of him. Oh, interesting. And so in that moment, he destroys that part of himself. Uh, So maybe he represents the criminal inside of him. Okay. And so so when he blows it up, he destroys that part of himself. Okay, all right, okay. I'm making this up as I go along. I I feel like I have some hot goss that I can't confirm, but I'm fairly certain that Ben Foster, the actor Ben Foster, has the same Woody Woodpecker tattoo on his arm. Oh, that's fun. And I don't know if it's a nod to Raising Raising Arizona or something else. It could be. A lot of people that saw this movie young, it's a a much-loved movie because I think it's, it's, it's a weird movie. Agreed. So if you see this as a kid, it's not like a typical, like, Hollywood comedy. So it was probably this kind of thing that, like, you saw this and there was nothing else like it. You know? So I feel it was very impressionable for people who saw it at a young age Mm -hmm. that are are our age now. So what do you think, Eve? Good. (laughs) Great review. Funny. I liked some of the practical effects, like the um, the ink pack in the in the car explosion. Yeah, because that thing really did go off inside the car and just blow up and be impossible they to drive. And forgetting the baby. Yeah, they keep on forgetting the baby on the roof of the car. Well, that shot they do where it pulls right up and stops right in front of it. They did that in reverse. Oh, really? Yeah. If you look at it, if you watch, it, they only use it for a blip, but the baby blinks for a second. And it's it's a weird blink because it's a backwards blink. Right. Um. But they, because they didn't have a huge budget for the movie, so they storyboarded the hell out of everything because they wanted to just maximize and make it look as big and fancy and flashy as possible uh, and craft this, like, they wanted to do also the most opposite version of a movie that they just came from because they came from this weird, like, noir thriller kind of movie. Okay. And so they wanted to do just a big, broad, silly, slapsticky comedy. Um, you you made a comment when the credits came up about how it was only directed by Joel. Yeah. So, back in the day, because, um, I mean, uh, he directed, uh, the Macbeth one that just came out was only Joel because they didn't work together on it. But up until very, very recently on their films, like, they only started sharing credit for director, I think, like, two or three films ago. Oh, really? Because for the longest time, there was a rule in the DGA that there was only one director allowed on a film. Oh, interesting. So what they did... co-direct. They weren't allowed to co-direct. Well, they weren't allowed to both take credit. Right. So what they did is they produced, wrote, and directed together, but Joel took the credit for directing, Ethan got the the producer credit, and they shared writing credit. Gotcha. So that's how it worked for forever. So they they did... They were always, like, directing together. Joel took the credit. Now, how do we feel about his name being high? Well, yeah, it's, it's actually Herbert, right? It is, but they they call him High, 
and hi. H-I. Yeah. And I noticed very early on that when he keeps getting, like, put in jail and his recidivism is, he goes to, like, a group where they're, like, you know, trying to get, be a good person. And there's, like, a leader. And the person is wearing the sign of hi, which is, like, a Jewish, a Hebrew symbol. Oh. And it means, please, I'm I'm a goyim who's going to screw this up, but I'm pretty sure hi means life. Oh. I'll believe you. Yeah. And so there was, um, and the, and the, the job that he works at punching holes in metal where his boss is a creep, um, it, it, whatever it is, is it's a, it's an H name and then industrial. So when they stack the words on top of each other on the thing, it says hi. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, the, the it co- feels like a Cohen brother trying to do something that I don't understand. Yeah, I never heard of <laughs> yeah. before. I mean, the Cohens are Jewish, so I, I you know, that I, I'm, I'm sure that tracks. Right. There's something small in there that that they just did for themselves. That but you caught though. So. Well, I'm also like looking at things like all their sheets are like flowers, and all of the shirts he wears are flowers, and like there's this real sort of like they live in the desert and they're barren. But they decorate with a certain amount of, like, fake flowers, fake fruit, and, like, wear a lot of flower prints, which I thought was, like, a little Coen Brothers, uh, you know, uh, how much they want to be fertile and how how desolate they actually are. Just quite living in the the desert and the barren. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that that all tracks. I love uh, I love the use of, but it's funny because all the criminals wear those flowers. Well, they're stealing his shirts. Right, but if when they shut, cut to that wide shot of the wedding, her whole side is all police officer in uniform, and his whole side is people oh, in, in, like, I didn't even in shirts like his. That. I love the Hawaiian shirts, though, over the, the tank top. Also, I love everyone's original teeth. You can see everyone's, like, a, like before they got caps done, teeth. That is fantastic. Yeah, because this is early. It's not Nicolas Cage's first movie by any means, but... Very early. This is great, Cage. This is, for me, is, like, prime Cage. Yeah. I do love me some later Cage where he gets real weird. Oh, Oh, he's weird here. He's so weird here, but he's, like, young actor weird here. But it's also meant to be weird, as opposed to him just going, I want to be weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before he, like, you know, collected snakes and um, did face-off. But, like, which I'm into. But, like, I like the Moonstruck. I like the young Cage, who's yeah. just, like, a hungry actor doing stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like he hurt himself on this film quite a bit. Well, who knows how, like, that whole sequence with the bikes dragging him. Yeah. That part of, some of those shots are him, for sure. 100%. And it's just dragging, like, I, I was like, how is he not just, like, road burned? I'm sure they had some kind of protection on his I know, but even, still. like, the character itself, there's no, like, like, he just has, like, a couple of quick bandages on his face, but didn't get any sort of body hurt from that fight sequence. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Again, big cartoon. Yeah, Big fair. cartoon is the only way I can kind of, uh... Explain it. I love. I, I never noticed it before. There, you know, they had that like like uh, reoccurring yodel yodeling yes, going on. Yes. There's a credit at the end that says, "And the amazing voice of," and I can't remember the, the, the yeah, gentleman's I name. Saw that also. But I was like, "Oh, that's lovely." Uh, fif- Fifteen babies they had to play the the quince. The quince. Yeah. One of them was fired during the movie. Why? Because they started walking. <laughs> They're too big, and the mother 
apparently, uh, I read a story that they she put their she would put the opposite shoes on their feet to, to try dis- and keep them to discourage them from, from walking. walking so their baby wouldn't get fired from the movie. Fucking showbiz. <laughs> Fucking showbiz moms. Well, but I mean, I once did a show when I was a teenager, and in the contract for the the young people on the show was that if we gained. I guess this was true of anyone. If you gained like up to a certain amount of weight or lost up to a certain amount of weight or you grew more than two inches, you could be fired. And it was like, well, what What do you want me to... How am I supposed to safeguard against that? What's the move? Well, it's interesting watching, especially when you think of, you know, kids aging on television shows. When like, I remember even just like the new season of Stranger Things dropped soon. But just like watching them from the first season to the second season, like there's a... Like they do a time jump in the show, but it's you know Harry Potter, all those kind of things. Like it's yeah, hard you're gonna to boyhood contain it. it. There's not much you can do about no. that. Um, are we to take away that that those were Arizona accents? Is that what people sound like in Arizona? I think it's the cartoon version of an Arizona okay. accent. Okay. Because I I didn't I mean I too want to start speaking like that but I don't know like what that accent is I don't it, know it, that it's, it's I, I believe it's it's uh, the correct term is hayseed hayseed all right <laughs> the hayseed bank they go to well do you want us to freeze or do you want us to go because <laughs> if I go on the floor I will be in motion <laughs> and their trailers made of like wet cardboard where that just you can like be thrown through walls yeah again I love the moment where they're like where'd the tellers go it's like we're on the floor we're on the floor Jane Hucky and the guy the, the guy from the convenience store that counts backwards and he's like oh I'm not doing this anymore then he gets up and he sees the car coming and he's like oh and he gets back down uh, just there's a lot of lovely little light touches like that that yeah. I really really appreciate I mean actually I would say the detail the attention to detail is really impressive all the all the wardrobe all the sets all the um Set deck, like it's really the, the wallpaper on the ceiling in the kids' room. Oh my god, the kids' room is an. The children should be taken away anyway. Like those <laughs> those quins should not be in the home that they are currently being raised in. It is not safe. Nope. Um. It the dad just puts a gun down in the in the crib at one point and just like. Walks he never away. picks it up. But he, when he leaves, he's holding it. So I don't know uh, how he managed that. Fair enough. Maybe he actually put it in his 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 pocket. No, we saw him put I it know. down. I know. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm I'm trying. Like the ch- oh god. Yeah. There's a painting in that in that. I'd never noticed that painting before. That is the stuff of nightmares. Well, I probably not never watched it this projected this big either. I'm sure I've always watched it on smaller TVs. So I caught even more little details this time around. There's like one crib for five children, and it's not it's not built so that the children can are, age, so that the children can are kept in the crib. Like the first time we meet the children, they're just tumbling out of the crib like Pez out of a Pez dispenser. Yeah, and then and the parents are, are more or less nonplussed. No, the, the parents just look up and listen to them hit the ground and think about whether they should go check on the babies. As she's reading, and these kids are clearly at least ten months old at this point. Oh, they have teeth. Yeah, they're yeah. crawling and have teeth. But she looks like she's just breaking the spine on this on the the doctor for. Well, she had to recover from giving birth to five babies. Yeah, doesn't um, look like she spent a day in labor. That woman. No, absolutely not. Also, there are no baby gates. There's nothing to suggest babies live in that house other than in the room they're being held in. Yeah. Which, again, is the stuff of nightmares. Like, if you were to ask me who kidnapped those children based on what I saw, 
their biological parents kidnapped and held the children, and the people who stole them actually loved those babies. And I think that's by design, though, partially, so the audience doesn't sit there, so the audience can get on board with with them coming in and liberating one of the children. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of I, they they seem to have like the purest of intentions. I was trying to figure out the, in that first scene when when Nicholas Cage is in the room interacting with all the kids. I was like, what is he doing here? Is he trying to pick one or? Yeah, that was a real funny, like, and then he leaves without grabbing a child because he's like, I don't know. I think part of it is just he's over, he realizes how overwhelming a baby actually is for a moment. Okay. And, and kind of chickens out until Holly Hunter puts him in his place. You go back there and get me a baby, huh? <laughs> She's so good. What I love is that she rolls up the window and then yells at him through the window. Like, she doesn't yell it and then roll up the window. She rolls up the window to be like, we're done talking, and then yells at him. Yeah. When they're driving away, she's, like, laughing, crying, I love him so much! Like, she cries so much in the first, like, 25 minutes of this movie, and it's fantastic. But, yeah, magnificently. Fantastic. Yeah. Because she was the lead in their first film. Oh. Uh, no, is that true? I don't know. She, well, her and Frances McDormand were roommates. Cool. Um, Sounds like a fun, a fun apartment to hang out at. Oh, and that, no, that's what happened. So Frances McDormand was the lead in the Coen's first movies, and that's how Joel and her met and they're married. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Did you know that the... I did know okay. that. Okay. So that's how they met, and they met Holly Hunter. I think she has a very small part in their first film. Um... But they knew her because they hung out with her because she was Francis's roommate, and so they wrote this part specifically for her. And the way, because she has a similar accent to what she uses in the film, like that's not. No, I feel like that's just Holly Hunter's. I think she's accent. lampooning it a little bit, but she's pushing it a bit further. You think so? I think that's just Holly Hunter. That is how she talks. Yeah. So they probably just went with that, and they're like, they "Well, they all just wouldn't sound like Holly." Yeah. But. I can see how hanging out with her, they go, oh, we got to write something for her. Like, just, she's so unique and specific. Yeah. yeah. She's a gem. She's a gem. Um, they, in order to steal the baby, they, like, strap a, a, a ladder to the roof. Yep. And then they put it t- to the bedroom window, and he climbs the ladder and comes back down and climbs it. And then he leaves the ladder there? Yeah. And the ladder is still there when they go to bring the baby back? Yeah. <laughs> Evidence. Yeah, it's just... Uh, Fingerprints all over that ladder. Well, also just... <laughs> you would think that they'd be worried about other other babies being stolen now that we have just like a perfect access path up to the baby's bed. No. All right. Yeah. Well... Again, not that kind of movie. And and you know what? More to the point, those pa- those people should not have those babies. They do not. They do not have that baby. Those babies' best interests at heart. No, they do not. What is it? Huey, Dewey, and Louie? What were no, the No, it's like Barry, Gary, Larry... Harry, Harry, Larry, maybe Harry. Yeah, Harry makes sense. And then Nathan, and Nathan Jr. Jr. Also, who the, the whoever was in charge of the the props uh, or set deck loved bunt cakes. There were yeah. so many bunt cakes. So many bunt cakes. Ba- even, but even and I get they're all jello molds of bunt cakes. Jello molds, but then also they had one at High's house. So yeah. it was like they, I felt like they reused the bunt cake at one point. Yep. Yep. Through the yep. green icing. I, I, I saw help. that with the fried chicken, which made me want fried chicken, which was weird because it didn't look good. I was just like, oh, he's got fried chicken. I could, I could fuck with some fried chicken. Um, guys, I have so many questions about this movie. 
movie, which I know is pointless because it's not that kind of movie. But I have so many, so many questions about this movie. Well, what are some of them? Uh, well, okay. I, I, I don't know if I can answer them, but I, I'll be amused by them. Um, what, when they asked the dad about wh- what was the baby wearing, he wants him to describe the baby. First of all, he's got four identical twin brothers, so I feel like he looks like them. Yeah. But he's like, he was wearing jammies. No, he wasn't. None of them were in jammies. They were all just in diapers. They didn't yeah. even give those children clothing. It's clearly established he's not a good father. He, he, he didn't even know which one they stole. He's like, Nathan, I think. Hey, when you are running an unta- unpainted furnished <laughs> empire, or unpainted furniture empire, you, uh, you know, you just can't focus on th- details like that. Jessica? Okay. All right. Well, I love the spe- specificity of that, as if, as if that's a big thing, and he's the king of it. Yes. Oh, and yes. not the only person doing it. And also just, like, such a strange, like... He could have been, like, a used car salesman or, like, a hot That's tub salesman or, like, whatever. It's clearly a thing that does not exist. No. No, and it's his empire. Yeah, he's really... Oh, everyone knows who he is. Yeah. You know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Nathan. Yeah. Um, what was the deal... So, do we think that Nicolas Cage's hair was a Nicolas Cage choice? They, no, they were going for he was meant to look like Woody Woodpecker. But why? Cartoon. Okay. It's a big cartoon. And I think the more frazzled the character is, the bigger the hair was. Interesting. Okay. Speaking of hair, I mean, they do this in other movies, too. I love that that gas station just happened to have a can of pomade yeah. for anyone to use. And when the crazy, weird bounty hunter who looked like he was feral uh, with teeth rotting out of his head drove through the door... As he does. ...of that men's room, he saw the pomade and knew... He sniffed it. He knew... From his bike, he didn't get off it. He could just smell it and knew where to go. He's good at his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I loved his commitment to not getting off his bike. I think he's off his bike twice in the movie. It's once when he goes into the office to talk yeah. to Nathan, yeah. Nathan Sr. And the second time is when he gets knocked off by High. Yeah. And that's it. The rest of the times, he's on his bike the whole time. Wouldn't he be hot? He's just got a lot of going... He's got wearing a lot of things. He's wearing a lot of things in the desert. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those movie choices where it was like, it looks great on the screen, it's interesting. It would have been hell nightmare. for the actor. An actual nightmare. We're going to cover you in motor oil and then in leather and pleather and weird hair everywhere. Apparently he, he was not pleasant to work with, that man. I bet he wasn't. He doesn't look like a nice uh, a nice time. There was a quote with the Coen to like... We uh we think we uh there'll be a while before we we, we consider that one yeah consider working. I don't think they got along well with Nicolas Cage either. There's there's a shot where I'm pretty sure I can't remember which fight sequence it is, but there's definitely a shot where I think Nicolas Cage got his bell rung. Like it didn't look like a fake punch. It looks like he just got it right across the jawline and they left it in because why not? <laughs> Those, I mean, if it looks real. It looked, it wasn't even so much that the hit looked real. The look on Nicolas Cage's face looked, um, real. And, and, like, momentarily infuriated, but also knew that he couldn't just, uh, throw another haymaker. I've had those moments, though, where I've done stunts in movies or scenes, and, like, it went a little off in some Nobody ever gotten really, really injured or anything. But it was like, ooh, fuck, it was a bit too real. Yeah. But then the actor's always like, you gotta use that one, because... That's the one. First of all, I don't want to do it again. Second yeah. of all, like, 
Jesus, that one that one was almost real. <laughs> I got I got slapped for real in something once, and we were supposed to time it out where I didn't, and like I she just hauled off, and I didn't turn my face at the right time, and I got smacked right across the face. I got so when we did James versus his future self. There's a scene where Daniel Stern slaps Jonas repeatedly. Yeah. And because Jonas is that kind of actor, hit he, me. He wanted to be slapped hit for me real so many times. So, but of course, so like the day before. Uh, Danny and Jonas are talking about it, and Danny's like, you don't want me to hit you, trust me. And he's like, just give me a practice one, like, go, like, 25%. And Danny does, he's like, oh, fuck, you're not... Because Daniel, first of all, Daniel's a sculptor, right? So he's his, strong. His hands are, like, fucking clay. Like, or, or like, clay, like, concrete. They're you're huge. Right. For, they're huge, first and of strong. all. And they're strong as shit. So Jonas is like, oh, Christ, well, we can't do that. He's like, but I, I'm not gonna... I, he says, I want it to feel real. And so... Danny and I put our hands up against each other, and we realized Danny and I had the same size hands. Oh. I could match. So I'm the one slapping Jonas in the movie. <laughs> and it might be my favorite day on set ever. How many times did you get to slap Jonas? Not enough. No. It fair. was also uh, about halfway through production, and Jonas and I were living together, so I really needed it that yeah, day. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. There's a fun one in the movie where I do a du- I go the other way. I go boom, boom. That he's not expecting. He was not expecting. And jo- but Jonas is the kind of... I, 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 here's the thing. I will caveat this by saying I only did it to Jonas because I know he's the kind of actor that would appreciate that. You guys had a conversation yeah. around you hitting him. Well, he was just like, just I want... I'll let you know when I don't want any more. He says, but I want to do it for real. And, you know, don't go crazy. But right. hit me. Slippery slope, friends. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. The first one was one time Tommy Amber Peary and I, she's like, I've never been slapped. She's, was this on a movie? No, no, this was just like I was just frenzy. Drinking at a friend's house uh, one night. I was drinking, yeah. And she's like, I'd love someone to slap me. Nobody first wanted of all, to. No one's ever slapped Tommy? That yeah, I don't buy that. No, yeah, she's that, never And she wants she's like, What can I slap you and then you slap me? I was like, I don't want to slap you, Tommy. And then she hit me really hard and as a You changed her mind. <laughs> very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were with Glenn McInnes, and I think she caught it on camera. Nice. And if you if you dive through our Facebook video history, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, listeners, be friends with Jer for all these like hidden nuggets on Facebook. The, the slaps. Uh, fun times. Uh, what, do, do you have a, uh, any other Coen Brother movies you enjoy? Oh, gosh. Yeah, Fargo. I really... I mean, I'm, I love Frances McDormand. She's so good now. Uh, and she obviously shows up in a lot of their work, but Fargo in particular. This is, is probably your first Coen Brothers movie, right? Maybe. That you're aware of? I don't think you would have seen any of the other films yet, but you'll have to at some point because there's so many great ones. Lebowski is so good. Big Lebowski is great. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh god I love them all there's very few like they cause they have a couple different tones like they do oh like, brother where art that oh brother is so good yeah. oh brother is maybe I don't know if it's my favorite it's hard to say Fargo's cause it, your Fargo's great but oh brother I love I love them all for different reasons I love the man who wasn't there like, I haven't seen the man oh Billy Bob Thornton is so delightful yeah, in it and, yeah. and so is Francis uh, it's it, it's a one it's, that one's very polarizing for people because it's it's bonkers weird. I haven't seen Macbeth yet either. Macbeth, I didn't love. I thought it was fine. Well, I mean, it, it's Macbeth. It yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it is. Um, but, like, I don't love some of the really broad, weird comedies. What about um, the song and dance one they did? The the big... The Buster Scruggs one? No. No. Uh, oh, the uh, Hail Caesar. Not Hail yeah, Caesar. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar? I didn't love it. 
Yeah. Same as that, like, Burn After Reading, Lady Killers. Like, those yeah, ones yeah, for yeah. me are, like... Less than. Less yeah, than. they're lesser Coens, where... They, yeah. But they had a run from Blood Simple, which is their first film, all the way through... You know, and then they did this, and then Hutzucker Proxy, which is polarizing for some people, but right. I love it. It's bonkers and weird. They're all weird. I do feel like Fargo, though, was like a game changer. It, like, it did Well, that was their Oscar it, movie, right? It was their Oscar movie, but also it was that moment of cinema where they were making, like, $20 million movies still. And yeah. um, it broke Frances McDormand in a major way. And I also think it sort of did something in the zeitgeist, kind of like a... The, what Pulp Fiction did. Like, there was just sort of this moment in film where we were going real weird and real dark, and it didn't have to be linear, and everybody was kind of on board with yeah. this sort of thinker. Because even they're playing, like, everyone is playing sort of an uneducated character, and everyone is speaking eloquently in this movie. Like, there is a, there is um, a, a, a grasp of language that does not match what we know about the characters and and yet they sort of pepper all the dialogue with these like biblical verses or um flowery phrasing yeah yeah the coens like most of their movies are pretty heightened when it comes to dialogue but they're so delightful and just there's like deliciousness to to that Mm -hmm. right and and act and and you know especially when you pair that with the right actor it's just magic I also love that there was a fart joke that didn't involve a fart. They just wrote fart on the wall instead of actually anyone farting. And then they kept to it again with the guy yeah. with the... And that's what the tracker saw. was like he saw the word fart and he knew where they were. No, because no, then he saw the newspaper article. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think the fart was just a fun joke. <laughs> we just went back to it. We revisited it. Yeah. Ephraim, uh, what are your final thoughts on, on Raising Arizona? Good. Good? Same as your initial thoughts. It's, it's late liked, for you from your time. I tired. liked people. You liked people. Mm. Is it what you thought it was going to be? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, really? So what did you know about it going into it? Uh, baby. Baby? And that's Handcuffs. it. Handcuffs. And did you know Nicolas Cage before Jessica mentioned it? No. Handcuffs? There's no handcuffs in the movie. Is there? There's handcuffs on the cover. Oh. Probably because he's a criminal. Uh, well, and she's a cop. Yeah, fair enough. Who's not as tall as the camera that she is taking a picture with. No. Delightful. Yeah. yeah. She's in like a child's Halloween costume of a police officer. Yeah. I love how stylized that opening is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the great... I, I reference that a lot to, to film students. I'm like, look at that as an, a way to set up a story. Like, It's a bit outdated. No, it, it's a good cold open, though. Well, it sets up a lot. Yeah. Like, it sets the two of their relationship, the stakes... You know, all what they want, and then it ends with them off to get the baby. Yeah. You know? Also, the police in this town are just maniacs. They're, like, shooting up grocery stores. They're shooting up people's homes. They're just, like... He didn't even shoot anybody. They couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Well, that was his whole thing. He He never loaded the guns because then it's not armed robbery. No, he never did, but the cops just, like, were shooting at him. In the store. Point... I counted there was at least 10 shots that got off in the store. Yeah. By the police that, that had people and people are just like running and screaming. The one, when he went into the bigger store, the one shop owner started shooting at him. He didn't even know what the fuck was going on. No. He just no. openly shot. Just shooting really just with, a, shooting. with a double barrel shotgun. America. Uh, uh. I, I, but I love the dogs. <laughs> oh, the dogs was great. 
The dogs were so unnecessary, but it was, and so many of the dogs, just dogs from all over. That's just it. I'm sure they wrote that in the script, and someone in production was like, "Are we really doing this?" Yeah, with the dogs, and they're like, "Yeah." We also need a house for them to run through. Can you find us a house that we can run through and then have dogs run through? That's why I love. I just love the commitments of that because I know that must have been a nightmare to try to organize and shoot. I also feel like that, like those are the moments where I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, that's like the PA's parents' house. Like that is not. They, that is so much of this felt on the fly. Some of yeah. it felt really like we have these locations, and then a lot of it was just like, ah, you know, let's just shoot some stuff. Or or they found a house that like was on the market or just was sitting empty, and they just. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, maybe, but that feels like if a lot of work versus just like, can we use your, hey, transport dude, can we yeah. use your house? We'll be able to do it in like We'll be so hours. quick. We'll be so quick. Yeah, it's, it's all Steadicam shots. Yeah. It's all tracking. Yeah. Just like, let some dogs run through. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I promise you, if, that, if, if they did it the way you're talking about it, they did not mention the dogs in advance. No, 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 no. Also, I didn't notice any dogs' names on the on the roll. There was no. Uh, oh. And the dogs were played by. I skipped through the credits. Skipper a bit early. and Barney. Did you? So, okay. so maybe, maybe they did. Uh, yeah, because I wanted to see. Yeah, I can't remember. I think we mentioned it in in the intro, but that my my mother in law took my oh, my yeah. wife to see this when she was. I was doing the math when I came out. She must have been eight. Right. When they saw in the theaters, which. You've never, I don't think you've ever met my mother-in-law. I have not. It's hilarious to me to think that she took my wife to see this movie at that age. Because I'm like, I'm, I now know why my wife hated this movie. <laughs> because, yes, of course you did if you yeah, saw it's this. it's not a kid's movie. No! And that's, I think that's how they thought it was going to be based on the poster, probably. Right, right. But we Amazing. watched the trailer. Yeah, the trailer holds up. So if they were, if they went in based on the trailer, that's their own fault. Right. The trailer is an accurate representation of the insanity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Final thoughts on Raising Arizona? Uh, it was my choice, and I think it was a good one. Yeah. 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 It was good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, you know, we just did Miller's Crossing a couple weeks ago. Um, so I, this is my second Cohen in short, short succession, but I, I can pretty much watch the Coens whenever. You own this DVD. It's a Blu-ray, technically. I'm sorry. You I, I was not this Blu-ray, but I hadn't. I hadn't watched it yet. I think I picked this up in a bargain bin a couple of years ago. So I was looking. Yeah, I've been lo- we were gonna watch it a few years ago. Well, I was been meaning to, but then you guys kept on vetoing it. So, ha <laughs> So Jessica broke the veto. Yeah. Uh, I loved it again. I was happy. It's bonkers and weird and and delightful. I think I'm gonna wear like Hawaiian short sleeve shirts with white tank tops as my like summer look. I applaud that. I think I'm going to do like, a, I have snakeskin boots as a different homage to Nicolas Cage, but I think as a summer look, I might start uh, rocking the, the tank tops. You got to get the tattoo and then just let your hair go wild the and, and the sunglasses <laughs> and a mustache. Okay. Well, it's go. just, it's a nod. It no, doesn't no, no. have to be the whole. Fair enough. The whole thing. Well, if you don't want to come in, then I mean, sure. <laughs> you need to wear two shoes. Dude. Yeah, you have, to, you have to carry flip. You have to wear flip flops and carry your other shoes with you. My white boat shoes, my white leather boat shoes, which he mourned. By the way, he like held and was like so sad about it as they were discussing uh, crime. He like took. They had be- gone from white to like a, a dirty gray. Yeah, something's going on with that. Yeah. Huh. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. It's been too long. The cake was delicious. I got oh. cake, listeners. I made cake. I got freaking cake. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Bye. Bye.
Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for Raising Arizona. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.